Is it on the shared drive? Is it on the Google Drive? Is it on the Dropbox? It is on the E drive, the C drive. Makes me nuts. You have no idea. I'm telling you, Jason, before we converted to ProShop ERP, it was literally, we had things everywhere. It was in Word. It was in Google. It was on that drive. It was on the other drive. It was right now, since we converted to ProShop ERP, everything is in ProShop. It's our one source for all information. That takes the pain away. It certainly does. So go to ProShopERP.com for more information. Bam. Welcome to Making Chips. We believe that manufacturing is challenging, but if you are connected to a community of leaders, you can elevate your skills, you can solve your problems, and you can grow your business. I'm your host, Jim Carr, and I'm joined by my two co-hosts and friends, Jason Zanger and Nick Olner. Guys, Hello. how you doing? Jim, you sound like you're inside a paper bag. <laughs> That's because I am. I've got a face mask on my Across my nose and my mouth. No, and... I mean one of those like leaf bags. Oh, really? Yeah. We all look like ducks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so do. wait a minute, a paper leaf bag? Oh, I know what you mean. Those those you put oh, your you grass. Don't do, you don't do your own. No, I don't do, do my own got landscape. I got a guy for that. Yeah. You cut your own grass? I don't have grass, Jim. I have bricks. Oh, I really? I live in Chicago. Remember? You do not have any lawn at all. You don't have any sod. I have a patch out front of my house that is now. Just some bushes that's about four feet by... Oh, my God. Tw- Sometimes grass <laughs> grows between the cracks yeah. in the side. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's his yard. Yeah, exactly. And then I have to call Nick, and Nick cleans it so up. So who me. maintains that? Over. Nick does. Oh, okay. If I didn't have grass, we wouldn't know each other. That's I know. Truth. That's true. Because I, I found you guys when I was mowing my yard. I know. That's a <laughs> great that's, story, that's by the way. That's how I started listening That's a cute story. Oh, I know. Guy. I know. I know. I know. So... Why are we here? Why do we have masks on? And why are we inside paper? Well, masks? we've got a very special guest today on the show. We just so happen to be at the Cook County, Illinois Emergency Management Center. And we're going to be talking about the pandemic and all the things that we can do as manufacturing leaders to share our knowledge and talk about what the county, state, and federal government can do to help us get past these bad times. Well, and we just want to get some information out to the manufacturing leaders out there. We we feel it's our responsibility to equip them. And I, I felt so strongly about that. I actually haven't left my house in like two or three weeks. Yeah. I've been doing You're everything a baby. remotely. And this is the first time that I've left. Yeah. I mean, I've gone to the grocery store and walked around the block and stuff, but I've been, I've been sheltered in place. Did you touch the fruit when you were at the grocery store? Oh, well, I mean, we wa- we're not going crazy. I know there was that one video of the doctor where... He's got COVID-19 and he's touching all, all the bananas. No, and no, the- no. He's, well, no, he's like desanitizing all the stuff. And I mean, my business, we're selling like pallets of sanitizer and PPE and stuff like that. But my family, we're not going crazy. I just saw like... No, a- have you seen the video, Jim, of, of the guy that's like... Sa- like he'll take each you piece can't of eat- fruit and he'll sanitize each piece. That's he'll throw a bit- all the garbage outside immediately i mean it's insane we got like a gatorade bucket of sanitizer you know like that you'd see on the sidelines at a football game really it's like that size for at your house no for at the shop oh wow it's unbelievable what do you you use that for for sanitizer it's it's filled with hand sanitizer oh okay so jason do you want to explain to the metalworking nation what cook county is all about 
because you and I both live well, here well, yeah, in Cook so, County, so, and we both have our businesses in Cook County. We, yes, we do both live in Cook County. I live in Chicago. You live in the Cook County suburbs, and both of our businesses are here too. So I do have some, you know that I like fun facts. I know so you I do. I know you do. facts about Cook County. So Cook County is the most populous county in the state of Illinois, which is obvious, and the second most populous county in the United States after Los Angeles County. Wow. And I would imagine- Did you know that? I did not know that. Yeah, I know. Wow. I would imagine that the manufacturing GDP goes in lockstep with that. Last time we oh, checked, I'm sure. haven't, I haven't seen any good stats in yep. like five or 10 years, but it, you know, it's probably stayed about the same. But mm-hmm. the California GDP is huge. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that could be a- No, it wasn't like that much more. It was like 20, 30% more. But I mean, like these are the, the largest two counties. Yeah. So in 2018, the population was 5 million, oh, 180,493 people. Its county seat is Chicago in the most populous city in Illinois and the third most popular city in the United States. We used to be the second most popular city in the when? United States. I don't remember a long that. Time ago. That's why they called us the second city. And more than 40% oh, of all residents. I didn't know that either. I just know that for the he's comedy so or whatever. smart. It makes oh me gosh. sick. And uh, you So more than 40% of all residents of Illinois live in Cook County. Well, why, why exactly are we here in this building today? Given our reach and following among the metalworking community, we were asked by this emergency response center, the Cook County Board, to come in and interview their president, President Tony Preckwinkle, on the show. So that's who's going to be our guest today. Tony Preckwinkle is a big politician that's been around for quite some time. She's served for many decades in Cook County politics, and she's going to update us on everything from COVID-19 to the new CARES Act to... Just manufacturing in general. And what resources available on the county, state, and federal level. So, Jim, what's going on great at Car Machine and Tool? Got two brand new machines coming in on Monday at 8 a.m. Fantastic. A fifth axis CNC and a turning center, brand new. It's exciting. Had to call the electrician just before I left to come here today. And, you know, we got to deal with all the power coming in because we, you know, we've got 50 amp breakers. These take 70. Do we have enough power coming to the building? It's, it's never ending. Let me tell you. You're going to need some fifth axis work holding and some tombstones we just, from we just AME bought, and We just bought a fifth axis thing. Did you know that from, yeah, and you guys Ryan? Buy, you guys buy those from us. So, yeah. Yeah. Nick, how about you, man? What's up with at AME? Well, Good stuff. No bad. We got enough bad stuff going on. Yeah, I would say the good thing is it's it, it's created an opportunity for my sales team to learn some new tricks, and we're having a lot of success with some social networking. Cool. Because we're Love keeping it. our social distance, but we're doing more social networking. Beautiful. And you were teaching me some stuff yesterday, Nick. You were getting me kind of like yeah, tuned in. I'm to learning try, a lot. Try to teach like what you're learning. You're teaching me so that yeah. I can teach my sales team. So I appreciate that. I thought yeah. you were supposed to be our life coach. I am, but in this case, you actually <laughs> you actually know more about this than you than than I do. So whoa, yeah, you're, oh, did you beat me? Are yeah. you recording, Jim? Yes, we are. Oh, okay. I just want to make sure that's going to stay in. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Jason, tell me what's going on at Zanger Black. So last month was a record month. I mean, not for the reasons that we that we want it to be, but Black, their largest product category is safety PPE supplies. I mean, we have a safety specialist on staff. We sell a ton of safety and. 
we sold a ton and we're shipping in truckloads more and it's been stressful. I mean, good but stressful, not for the reasons that I wanted to be for, but I've been on the phone trying to cut deals and do things. I was mentioning to you guys before, we're not gouging or anything like that. We're trying to be very honest and do the right thing in, in selling our, our PPE supplies. But it's been, so it's been good from that standpoint, but it's always one of those like weird, uneasy feelings. You know, <laughs> you, you wish you weren't getting your sales for the reason that you're getting them. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we're selling tons of hand sanitizer and masks and everything like that. Wow. All right, Nick, why don't you tell the people what's going on at the Boring Bar? Well, the actual physical Boring Bar is pretty empty. Our I know. Whole, our whole office is pretty empty. It's kind of a sad place right now. We have one employee that can't get internet at the his The Boring house. Bar should never be sad. The it boring should bar should sad. never be. We need. We need to get out there and make it happy. We, it will. And, we need to. We need some happiness out there. It needs a drink. Yeah, and our yeah. one employee who's actually still working in the office might be partaking a little bit because oh, no. there's no one there to watch him. <laughs> <laughs> so I did we'll not know to, that. We'll have to check the inventory when we get there. But the reason we call it the boring bar is because that's also the name of our newsletter. It is. Our newsletter continues to go out every week. You can subscribe if you text the number that Jim is about to give you. 38470. Text CHIPS, C-H-I-P-S, to 38470. Are you sure that's right, Jim? Want to make a bet? I, I'm smiling. You can't 100 see because I have a mask I on. You can't see a smile. And then you can also visit makingchips.com and subscribe there to get all of our content. Unfortunately. Yeah, I know. This is the bad the, news. The big grand opening, our groundbreaking ceremony. I know. We're gonna it's going it. to be postponed. And that's the key word. Not canceled, but postponed. So the party we've been promoting in May will still it's be too happening. close we it's can't just, have no, it. we just we can't just can't, we just can't do it so i mean we're, no we're, one would come first and foremost right and, i would come jim yeah i would too but and, but the, i would wear a mask if i'm around you yeah that you would be it's totally hard to boring drink with a mask on it's very hard to drink with a mask <laughs> on think about that so we're planning on october the very first or second weekend week of october and we're we're really hoping that that's a date that we could stick to but it's a day-to-day battle right now yeah the, who the, knows the one good thing about the october date is we get to change the theme a little bit. Yeah, we do some oh, yeah. Oktoberfest. Fall's a, kind of fun anyway. As a part of our the Golner and Zenger German heritage, we can have some fun with that. With Sorry, Oktoberfest. we couldn't do it at St. Patrick's Day for you. No, you can't. I definitely, definitely not, not German. Well, I hope we're still going to have the same band because oh, those yeah. guys were really killer. Yeah. We'll have to double check with Gary the band, but they should be there. Awesome, that'd be great. Just moving on, so yeah, um, what because I know uh, President Preckwinkle is going to be here soon. We want to get this moving. So you know what? We, in lieu of actual manufacturing news, it's timely and relevant. I want to talk about the Defense Pro- Production Act of 1950. That was timely in 1950. It was, but it's, it's also timely again, huh? It's timely again. Its relevance is right now, as we all know, on March 18th, 2020, President Trump issued an executive order that defined ventilators and protective equipment as essential to the national defense, the standard required by the DPA. This kind of stuff only happens once or twice a lifetime. So I thought it would be appropriate to discuss why it was enacted, how many times it's been used, and how it can help the country. So the DPA has actually been enacted five times, Jim. Do you know when they are? I know one of them was in 1950. Right. That was September 1950 during the Korean War. And what was that for? It was passed by the U.S. Congress in September 1950, was first used during the Korean War to establish a large defense mobilization infrastructure and 
bureaucracy. Under the authority of the act, President Truman eventually established an Office of Defense Mobilization, instituted wage and price controls, and strictly regulated production in heavy industries such as steel and mining, prioritized and allocated industrial materials in short supply, and ordered the dispersal of wartime manufacturing plants across the country. So that's what started it. And then we moved into the Cold War, which is the act was also a vital role in the establishment of the domestic aluminum and titanium industries in the 1950s. Under Mm. the act, the DOD provided capital and interest-free loans. Does that sound familiar? Mm -hmm. And directed mining and manufacturing resources as well as skilled laborers to these two processing industries doesn't titanium mostly come from russia and china no not necessarily no? i have to get it i have to get a defars for my company okay you know what a defars material is it means it's poured here in the states sure you cannot get it from russia so actually last night i just i know you've got a couple more dates for the, well there's uh, the technical the innovation and then the, and that was in the 80s and then the 21st century in 2011 obama actually invoked for what the 21st century, in 2011, President Barack Obama invoked the law to force telecommunication companies under criminal penalties to provide detailed information to the Commerce Department's Bureau of Industry and Security on the use of foreign manufactured hardware and software in the that. company's networks as part of efforts to combat Chinese cyber espionage. Mm. Interesting. So a, co- a couple quick th- other fun facts. These are kind of related to the DPA, but not exactly. So I was watching the movie Ford versus Ferrari. Oh, that's supposed to be great. It was a fantastic yeah, movie. Yeah, I got to see that. And on one the of the, in one of the scenes, Henry Ford II was talking about where they looked out over yep. one of the factories. I remember and they it. talked about the bombers that were made in that factory. And he was like, this isn't the first time that Ford has gone to war. Yeah. And then another thing that another manufacturing leader told me about once is, and this might have been before 1950, but one of the other wars where they needed to quickly fast track making firearms, there was a lot of manufacturers that stopped making whatever they were making and started making automatic machine guns. And he was telling me that there's a lot of, they all would stamp their names on them on like the barrels or other parts of the firearm. And there's a lot of those guns out there that are worth a lot of money. In particular, he was telling me like, I don't remember the value, the value of a Mattel automatic machine gun. So if you can imagine the Mattel brand doesn't want to be associated with, you know, an automatic, a real automatic machine gun. So there's some, you know, interesting interesting times that we've gone through in the past. But see, every one of these that you listed is totally different than this. Oh, I know. Yeah, that's the, that's totally. This is the invisible enemy that we're going to war with. Yeah. Actually, Trump used it in June 13th, 2017 invoked the law to classify two sets of products as critical to national defense. The first referenced items affecting aerospace structures and fibers, radiation-hardened microelectronics, radiation test and qualification facilities, and satellite components and assemblies. And then, of course, on March 18th, of course, the COVID-19 Defense Production Act was enacted. So I thought that was interesting. I know some of you guys may not have known that. I know I wasn't even around in 1950, but this only happens like once in a lifetime. We may never see it again. And you know what I I think is one of the things that I just realized about making chips, about being in our making chips email letter, the boring bar, is that a lot of these fun facts are good to talk to your teams about to get them kind of fired up about manufacturing. I think that people don't think enough about how vital manufacturing is to our 
our nation. And mm-hmm. if you can inspire the people who work for you as a manufacturing leader to get really, really jazzed up about the manufacturing industry, sometimes it takes some of these fun facts and some of these great things that the manufacturing community has done in the past. Yeah, I'm going to tell a quick little story about when I was inspired by my father. It's very, very similar to similar to this. Well, your grandfather, I mean, his story is in manufacturing right. pretty amazing. We and have to tell so that So I was sometime. thinking about that, like, you know, all the wars and stuff. And I asked my dad when I was young... If there was another world war or something like that, do you think we would ever have another draft? And he's like, yeah, but you probably wouldn't get drafted. And he said, you'd probably be exempt. And I was like, really, why? And he's like, because they would rely on our company so heavily for making ammunition. A lot of things, yeah. Yeah. Defense parts and stuff like that. He's like, we'd probably make completely different products. Right. We could, potentially. But our family would be fighting the war from from home. Right. And it it was one of the first times where I was like, wow, what we do is really cool. Oh, that's cool. That That is a good story. That is a good story. And, and, you know, so all these things, Nick, I think it's a great point. Inspire the people who you work with and also inspire your kids to get into manufacturing by telling these stories mm-hmm. and you can get those stories here at making chips from the boring bar subscribe there and listen to the podcast all right guys president preckwinkle is here let's get with it our guest today is the 35th president of the cook county board of commissioners an office she has held since 2010 as the top executive in cook county she oversees one of the nation's largest public health and hospital systems and one of the nation's largest criminal justice systems she is a lifelong advocate for equity and inequality, and through her work as president, she has fought to improve health care access, bring increased fairness to the criminal justice system, and expand employment training opportunities for some of the county's most disadvantaged youth. Most important to our discussion today, the county that she presides over has one of the largest manufacturing GDPs and one of the greatest opportunities for job growth through manufacturing. Thank you very much. I'm very grateful to be with you. Yeah, it's great to have you here, President Preckwinkle. We've got so much to talk about today. This country is in dire shape right now. We're wearing masks. We're for, wearing masks. You know. I mean, I feel totally out of my comfort zone. Out of um, your element, yeah. Yes. Definitely out of my element. This is the first time that I've left my house in two weeks. Is that right? To be here. How about I, you? I, no, I'm out a lot. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I bet you are. <laughs> we imagine, yeah. yeah. Again, thank you for being here. But before we get into talk about the state of our country right now, let's talk about this facility and what what actually happens here on a day-to-day basis and, and why was this place built or what kind of what kind of things happen here? Well, this is the Emergency Operations Center, okay. the EOC they call it. Okay. And it's the hub, it's the it's the center of activity of our Department of Emergency Management and Regional Security. So we respond to natural disasters, to man-made disasters. We try to keep people up to date on on weather. I mean, we <laughs> we do everything out of this facility. It's a multi-purpose center to deal with crisis and with natural events that might overwhelm us: flooding, tornadoes on the natural side, and on on clearly in this instance, on the healthcare side, we're. This is the center of our activities around the pandemic. So what what are the latest stats? Do you know off the right now are we are we starting to see that flattening or, or are you still seeing those numbers spiking up? I talked with the governor this morning and he said that for the last four days the number of new cases has been roughly the same. So there hasn't been the Oh that's good. News. Dramatic that's, that's great. Well that's a great thing if it holds. It's hard to know whether that's an aberration or whether it's a reflection of the fact that we don't have the capacity to do testing that we need to right. do. Mm-hmm. 
it's important for people to understand that the magnitude of the disease is much greater than the numbers that you see, you know, the kind of ticking number of people who, who we've tested who are infected and the number of casualties. There's some magnitude more of people who actually have the disease, who are asymptomatic, or who have mild, very mild form of the disease. And early on in particular, I think there were people who had the disease and it wasn't properly identified and, and they succumbed to it. So both the number of people that you see as confirmed cases and the number of people who have succumbed to the disease are underestimates of what's actually happening. So let's, let's talk about manufacturers and, and what we can do to help. I know you've got some resources that the county itself is providing, but how, are, how is the county collaborating with the manufacturing sector to provide these type of items that you just described? Well, we have a, a grant from the federal government to look at the defense supply chain and how our manufacturers fit into that. And one of the things that I've been informed by staff by Irene Scher is that, you know, one of our manufacturers converted their 3D printers to produce these shields for people in healthcare, so that in addition to their masks, they can have this this plastic shield between them and the and those they encounter, and that of course protects them from aerosol droplets from people who might be infected with the disease. So this is a, this is an example of a manufacturing facility that converted its operations to produce an item that we need, a personal protective piece of equipment that we need to combat the coronavirus. I'm grateful to them. So what what other initiatives is the county working with manufacturers here for longevity? I mean, besides the the pandemic that we're going through and the response that is happening, is there any other initiatives that the county is working on with regards to helping manufacturers? Well, there are a couple of things. In conjunction with the leaders in our seven-county region, we created the Chicago Regional Growth Corporation, CRGC, and several initiatives apply to the manufacturing community, one of which is the Chicago Metro Metals Consortium. So the Chicagoland region has been a, a center, a vital center of metalworking and metal manufacturing for a very long time. It's not just steel. It's not, ju- <laughs> it's not just no. steel. It's not just steel but a variety of parts for automobiles, springs, screws, nails, I mean, whatever you can parts think of. Parts for ventilators. Parts for ventilators. We manufacture them in this region. So that's Metro Metals Consortium. And it's, a, again, a seven-county effort to focus on metals manufacturers, connect, connecting them with each other, connecting suppliers with uh, end users. I mean, the whole network of uh, metal manufacturing, that's one. The other is an effort to promote exporting by local manufacturers, businesses of all kinds, but particularly manufacturers, because those who export have a better growth curve for their business than those who depend entirely on the, on the domestic market. So in our efforts, on our sort of sector efforts, we focused on, on manufacturing, and in our efforts to support small and medium-sized businesses, we focused on exports, and both of those have been helpful to, to, to manufacturers. I want to backtrack just a little bit here and talk about the COVID-19 pandemic a little bit and about some of the testing. Recently, I thought I heard Governor Pritzker mention that they we would have rapid testing sites available to us. I believe he said, and correct me if I'm wrong, that this week or, or the end of last week, we would have a five-minute rapid test to do these testings. They were made by Abbott Laboratories here locally. Can you give us an update on those rapid tests? I can only speak for myself. Okay. So it is my good fortune to know Miles White, who is the past chief executive at Abbott Labs. And I called him up and asked him for help because 
we operate the jail and detention facilities like cruise ships and nursing homes are petri dishes for oh, the for mm, the virus. Terrible. Yeah, terrible. Yeah, so I asked him for some help and we received, thanks to his good offices, two of these analyzers, which my recollection is it's five minutes and you can determine whether or not somebody has right. the disease. As opposed to twenty four hours or forty eight hours days. or seventy two hours yeah. that people have been waiting, sometimes five days to get their test results. So those were sent to the jail because that's the area where we have the greatest need, both to test detainees and to test staff. So I'm very grateful to Abbott Labs. I think they're producing a tremendous quantity of these every day, but the demand across the country is just incredible. So I am grateful to Miles White for his help. Have you seen an, an uptick in nefarious activity associated with people taking advantage of the situation? So something specific that my wife just brought to my attention is she had seen something on the news where in Louisiana, people were fake testing. They were basically taking people's money, testing them for the disease without any real technology to do well, so. Have you seen that happening? No, we haven't. But clearly there there are those who are taking advantage of, of the need for masks, gloves, mm-hmm. respirators, ventilators. There are those who are price gouging in the marketplace. And yeah. We hope that our state and federal officials can come after those folks. Absolutely, 100%. One other thing I want to talk about with regard to the pandemic is we mentioned the word the hot zone. Chicago is not yet officially a hot zone in the country. It's supposed to happen this week. Well, President Preckwinkle, can you confirm or deny that for us? No, I can't. Because I'm not aware of the standards that are applied. Okay. I know there are places like New Rochelle, New York. Right. There are places like New Orleans. Detroit. Mm -hmm. Detroit that have been identified. But I I don't, frankly, know what the standards are for such a designation. And I don't want to talk about that. That's fine. That's fine. I do know that that the the latest numbers I've heard is that we have 4,000 plus cases in the city and 4,000 plus cases in the suburbs. And about 100 people in both the city and the county who have succumbed to the disease. So that's very discouraging. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it sure is. Absolutely. It is encouraging that we have that that rapid test. I was actually one of the first 100, 200 people in oh, Illinois that's right. who oh, yeah. got that's right. tested because I had been traveling overseas and I came back and I had like a just a minor cold, but just to be safe, we got the test and they had to do it the old-fashioned way where they shoved a swab like up my nose all the way to the top and it took about four days to get the results and thank God it was negative. But that was back in January, right? Yeah, le- about five, six weeks ago, I think, yeah. something like that. So February, yeah. Have Have you had discussions about okay? So let's just say the the curve flattens and we get past that. How do, How does this? How does our economy just start up again? Have, have you? Has your team? Have you had those discussions with the governor or or, or anybody else? Because that to me, think, it's you like know, I, you know, how does the engine just get started again? I think what we have to understand is we're heading into very a very very difficult period. I don't think recession is a strong enough word. I'm a history teacher. I referred to the the economic collapse in the first decade of the century as a depression. We we had a depression, okay? I think that's what we're headed for again. Just an incredible number of people have lost their jobs. And it's not clear how quickly, even when the shelter-in-place order is lifted, how quickly they'll be able to return to those jobs. We have to steel ourselves. (laughs) This is a very tumultuous time both in terms of, of our fear and anxiety around around our health and also about the economy. And we have to understand that we're not going to get out of this easily and that it's going to be it's going to take a while. And I talked to one of the members of our, our staff at the Cook County Department of Public Health, and she said, really, we're not going to get a handle on the epidemic until such time as we have a vaccine, and that's 18 months away. 
And you have to understand that the, that the last time we had a worldwide pandemic of this magnitude was 100 years ago, 1917 to 19... Flu. No, well, no 19... Oh, the Spanish flu. The Spanish flu, yeah. 1917 yeah. to 19... Two years, it went on for two years, and the, the loss across the world was, depending on uh. who you talk to, 50 to 100 million people. Yes. Wow. Okay? Yeah. When the population of the world was a lot less than it is today, and we didn't have so many densely populated, urbanized locations in the world, right? So we are looking at a very difficult time, not just for our country, but for the entire world and the world economy. It's going to change the world. This this moment is going to change things for the future. So if we could, I'd like to make a shift away from COVID-19 and just talk generally about manufacturing, if that's okay with you. Sure. You recently celebrated Manufacturing Day. You were visiting students enrolled in the manufacturing program at Austin College and Career Academy. Can you tell us your thoughts on just generally the importance to manufacturing and also to the youth. And specifically, one of the things that I always talk about is manufacturing is the greatest industry for non-college educated youth who want to really make a difference, not only for their families, but also for their communities. Obviously, you 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 must feel slightly in that same way. You, you made an effort to go to manufacturing day to visit those students. I'm sure that made a big difference to them. So I'd like to hear your thoughts on manufacturing and how it affects the, the youth here in Cook County. Well, the first thing I should say is almost 40 years ago, <laughs> I got a job in the Department of Economic Development in the city of Chicago. And actually, Irene Scher, who's with me here today, was on staff. And in the Department of Economic Development, so I'm a history teacher, right? You had, you got those dates really good with the swine <laughs> yeah. flu. So you were on that, which was It was great. not the swine flu. It was, I was the Spanish flu. I, was, I, I knew it was the Spanish flu, too. So I was in the planning department, and um, one of the things that I came to appreciate pretty quickly there, and that I hadn't appreciated before, frankly, was manufacturing and how yeah. important that is to our economy. And, you know, as a college-educated person, I thought every every young person should go to college, right? But lots of young people are not going to go to college, don't want to do that. But we don't want to encourage our kids to be Uber or Lyft drivers or work in McDonald's. We want to encourage them to be in manufacturing because these are jobs that can help them support themselves and their family. Absolutely. And they're real opportunities for advancement. Right. Yeah. And, and real opportunities to use your brain. Right. You know, I mean, I mean <laughs> sometimes we, we demean manufacturing work by saying you know, it's working with your hands. We, well, you know... <laughs> These CAD CAM you know, right. machines are not, not just working. So. Yeah, computer assisted design, computer assisted computer assisted manufacturing. I think that's what they stand for, CAD CAM. Anyway, they're very complicated machines, right. you know. And you gotta know a lot of math, you gotta be able to problem solve. I think it's really important for our young people to understand that there are tremendous challenges and very interesting work in manufacturing. Yeah. That old school thinking about manufacturing and being like dirty and working with your hands, I think that that's what caused some of this discrepancy in what manufacturing is versus what was in people's minds. You think that it was the parents or the educators that didn't put enough emphasis on manufacturing and we had this lapse where, where kids just weren't going into it for a period of time? Well, I mean, if you think about it, a lot of our historic manufacturing was open hearth steel yeah, it was, I mean? it was it was dirty and dangerous. <laughs> yeah. It was yeah. dirty and dangerous. Yeah. I mean, but I think Absolutely. what we haven't what we haven't acknowledged is the tremendous change in manufacturing right. in our lifetime. Yes. You go into a factory today, first of all, it's spotless, right? It right. has to be has to be spotless. Often people are using very complicated machines to produce product. So it's not dirty, hot, sweaty, uncomfortable work. It's high-tech manufacturing, and that's what 
that's the future really of manufacturing and it's the future for many young people who are looking for ways to support themselves and their family, even though they, they might not be interested in going to college. So a big part of why we exist is to equip and inspire manufacturing leaders and just to genuinely build appreciation for manufacturing as a whole. Do you have any examples of specific manufacturers? I know you mentioned the 3D printer company, but spe- specific manufacturers that we can appreciate right now for how they've responded in your county? Well, it's not so much a response to the COVID virus, but most recently I went to a company in the Southland here, where we are now, called Sterling Lumber. And this was a company that was started as a pretty traditional lumber company, selling product to construction companies. And this generation of leadership looked at the opportunities that might be available and figured out how they could produce a product that you can use to create temporary roads Mm. and temporary platforms for construction by creating a wood product that has incredible strength and load-bearing capacity. So... Sterling Lumber is a company that uh, the county has supported by improving the infrastructure around them, access to their facility, improving the, creating basically industrial roads around them for the trucks. As a result of the infrastructure investments that we've made, it's a contribution to their flourishing. I'm not going <laughs> to take credit for it, but we've tried to be supportive of them. And again, if you go in that plant, there's no sawdust on the floor. There's no, you know what I right, mean? It's yeah. like, it's, it's a very high-tech plant that, that creates this product that you can use, as I said, to put cranes on or to run trucks on or whatever, build temporary roads, temporary platforms for construction. What are those things that the county can do to attract more manufacturing here? So like if a manufacturing leader is thinking about, I need to expand my business or I need to open up a new location, what, what is it that would draw them to either staying here or coming back here or opening up a new location here? Well, the county has all kinds of tax incentives available to support companies that want to come into our region. And in the case of existing businesses, as I said, we got a request from them to do some infrastructure work around their plant that would enable them to better serve their customers. And so that's what we did. We improved basically the roads around them so the trucks could get through and get, get back on the interstate. So there are lots of ways, whether it's tax incentives or it's like a 6b tax abatement right exactly elk grove village is is got those Mm -hmm. in place right now right so it's tax incentives it's infrastructure investment it's technical assistance it's connecting them with local leadership and state leadership who might be of assistance to them that's our that's our job and we work hard and then then they're the 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 work that I described earlier, the Chicago Metro Metals Consortium, our efforts to to work with people around exporting. So there are a variety of ways in which we can be helpful and we're always happy to try to work with our businesses because we know that they're the the center of our our local economy. Sure. Uh, President Preckwinkle, a lot of our listeners that listen to our show are small business owners like like myself that own manufacturing companies in the county, in the state, and in the entire United States. Can we talk briefly about the CARES Act and just minimal information on what that's all about because there's a lot of confusion lately. You know, you have to work with a bank. With a bank. You're talking about the PPP. Right, the the Paycheck Protection Program. Right. Which is part of the CARES Act. It's one, it's a subset of the CARES Act. I just finished my application on Friday because everyone was saying, hurry up, get it in. They're going to. Supposed to be in by the 12th, I think. Right. Well, everyone's saying that we're going to run out of money. And, you know, so everyone's trying to get it in. But anyway, let's talk a little bit about that in a high level on what, what that's all about. And maybe we can kind of put it together ourselves based on what we know. 
Well, it's an effort to support small businesses, so 500 employees or less. Yep. It includes not-for-profits, gig workers, independent contractors, all of whom are eligible for funding. You have to work through your local bank. Right. And the deadline for application is April 12th. It's a first-come, first-serve program, $377 billion for the entire country. Now, uh, when we talk about the stimulus package in $2.2 trillion, but I, of that two two only three three hundred and seventy seven billion is, is for the is for this part of it the the yeah. effort to help small businesses five hundred employees or less oh my right? god again that's not um, enough money ten ten ninety nine workers gig workers independent contractors not for profits no it's not enough money and frankly they're going to have to be successive stimulus bills and as I said we're headed for a depression and this is a time for government frankly to flood the economy with resources both to companies, and to local units of government. We're going to be in very tough financial shape as a local unit of government. We rely on sales taxes, for example. Mm-hmm. And when you close all the stores, mm-hmm. there, there's no revenue yeah, right. from Nobody's sales Nobody's going taxes. to restaurants. You're not getting Nobody's, a significant amount of sales tax. Right, wow. and, and, I never and, thought of that, quite frankly. And, and here's the thing, too. You know, we get money from the hotel and motel tax. Nobody's in hotels. No. Nope. Nobody's renting cars. No. Nope. Nobody's going to the movies and nope. paying amusement taxes. No. Nope. So nope. the the kind of resources that government relies on, they're kind of incidental. You might not think a couple pennies here and there attached to your bill, but that's really critical for government, and we're not going to have it. And we're going to continue to be asked to provide services, especially in the county healthcare services, as we face the significant decline in our revenues. I never thought I'd be hearing like three hundred and seventy-seven billion. Isn't going to be not enough money. Well, it's right. not it's nearly enough amazing. money. It's not, it's not nearly enough money. That's so what this will do. So, like a lot of that money, Jim, is going towards the hospitals and other resources in that Care Act, besides just the small business part of it. Right, but it's not enough either. It's still not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, understood. Yeah, yeah. So, from what I understand, that you take your twenty nineteen wages. One month time, or it's like two no, and a half you, months you worth. take your entire year of 2019 wages, right. divide by 12, multiply by two and a half. Mm-hmm. And that's basically your loan. And that is all your 401k and your health care coverage. All of that is rolled into that yeah. n- that gross amount. Even like uh, sales commissions that you pay out to your sales. Right, yep. exactly. Well, that's that's income, right? Yeah, so yeah. that's really a paycheck. And we've already right. got it done for making chips for our marketing team. So yes. we're all good. I, and, 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 and I know you were the, concerned. And here's the thing. They... They, they asked you to do it over, spread it over 12 months because some kinds of employment are seasonal and right. you, know, right. you might get right. more money one month yes. than the next. Absolutely. If you take kind of the annual average by taking that 12-month period, you, you get a more reasonable figure of what the, the, the loss is, what the devastation is. You know, right. some of the stuff that we're seeing, and, and we'll, we'll wrap this interview up, some of the stuff we're also seeing is a lot of innovation that's coming out of this crisis. So just a couple examples. My wife's gym that she goes to, the owner immediately created an Instagram account. And she was doing all her exercises online. My son is signed up at the Lincoln Park Zoo to do a virtual camp this week, oh, wow. which I thought was kind of interesting. The, the, mm. the Lincoln Park Zoo is going to teach him the different things that they would normally teach during a camp, and they're going to do it virtually. Is there anything? And then there's a lot of doctors out there that are moving towards that. Uh, telemedicine. Ver- telemedicine, exactly. Are there some things that the county could do differently now that could be like the new normal in the future that you're, that's like maybe you're thinking about? The truth is we're struggling to meet the demands of the crisis. Un- understood. I know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> that makes sense. That makes but sense. But I think there will be more reliance on things like telemedicine. Mm-hmm. We are doing it because we want to minimize Exposure. Exposure of, course, of, course, yeah. of both our patients and our healthcare professionals. Right. But clearly this is something I think we're going to be more reliant on going forward. But I, I would hate to predict. I mean, as I said, we're, we're struggling to meet the challenges day to day, and I, it's hard for me to see 
two years from now how how this might look. Mm-hmm. Oh, and frankly, it's hard. It's and, hard and to frankly, predict. I mean, we have to prepare ourselves. Yes. Again, we're not going to get control of this until we have a vaccine, and the vaccine is eighteen months away. Mm-hmm. The only good thing is, the longer it goes on, the more people have been exposed to it and develop antibodies. Right. So the the pool of people who have not been exposed gets smaller and smaller. So that's helpful. Mm-hmm. But. So you a, can't get it again. Once you had it, you can't that get it. That strain. Be, that yeah. seems yeah. to be the case. And, and, right. and so far what we see is that it's not mutating quickly so that a different version of it you know, gets you six months from now. Yeah. You know? yeah. A lot of stuff is, I mean, it changes unclear. day to day. Yes, yeah. a lot of it it's, is unclear. Yeah, unfortunate. Well, there's certainly a lot to be concerned about when you hear words like depression, but we've... But we've, I think you should be honest with people. Right. You know, we, we shouldn't pretend... We need to prepare ourselves for several years of economic dislocation and health care challenges. The good thing is, is that as Americans, we're resilient. Yeah, we are. And we're innovative, and we will get ourselves through that like we've, like we've gotten we've, through this before. Think of the things we've survived exactly. I know. As, a, as a nation, the Civil War and Depression and World War II. I mean, we've survived a lot. And, and I think this, this uh, personal protective equipment is a great example of, of innovation. This was a a contract 3D manufacturer, and they converted all their 3D machines to producing these so they could have them for for our, our first responders and our healthcare providers. Yeah, I mean, so the I'm way grateful. that pe- people have been innovating is amazing. I mean, my, my company is a PPE supplier, and we're struggling to keep up, to keep our manufacturing partners in healthy shape to keep working. So it, it's it's a challenge, for it sure. It is encouraging to see the community come together. I My daughter and my sister-in-law are, like, making masks for crafts now. Yeah. That's, that's there you what go. they're doing for fun. And yeah. No, I've and, and so lots, of people have, of lots of people are doing that at their kitchen table. So that's yeah. great. Yeah. Thank you. Thank that's you very much. Thank you, President Preckwinkle. Jim and Nick and Jason, thank you for inviting yeah. me. Yeah, yeah absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, well, thank you for having us. Thank yeah. you for the hospitality. Uh, we've never done an interview like this before. Maybe we can follow up with you in six months and see where we're Maybe at. Maybe if, if IMTS, which is the largest trade show in in almost the entire world, which is in Chicago, in Cook County. In if, September. In September, if you're going to be there, we'd love to connect with you again and get an update and, um, I'd be and happy, hear from you. I'd be happy to do that. Great. And we hope that we're at a point where... Maybe we could shake hands. I think that the social distancing is going to continue for a while. I think, I think you're right. Yeah. I think you're right. It's unfortunate. Yeah, because I like to hug and you know, it's not <laughs> accepted right now. So no, no, not right now. No. That's yeah. for sure. Even my, even my wife tells me, get away. Yeah, <laughs> She's looking at you like well, she that, doesn't want to That's you. another issue right there and there. So, <laughs> we don't have time. <laughs> no, we, we certainly don't have time oh, for Oh, this that. isn't a marriage podcast? Oh, no. Sorry. No, 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 my bad. No, 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 okay, no, no, no. Sorry. Manufacturing better oh, marriages. Sorry, my bad. Sorry. <laughs> Again, President, you, yeah. thank you for joining us today. We really appreciate what you're doing for uh, the county. And thank the you, Jim and Nick and Jason, for inviting me. And I'm, yes. I'd be happy to return. Thank you. Thank you. So, guys, what... What was your biggest takeaway? Like, what what do you reflect upon from that interview? Here, here's what I got from that. I think she's a President Preckwinkle is an intelligent woman, and um, I kind of liked her. She's very serious. Is she? Oh yes. yeah, yeah, yeah okay. very serious. I like that she was a, she a has history like a teacher, military demeanor or, or teacher demeanor. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's what I like. Yeah. Jason yeah. kind of has the get kicked out of class demeanor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. She let him stay. Yeah. I did make her laugh. I yeah. like to you know, point that out. Yeah. yeah. You know, there's a lot of information out there, and it's a lot to take in. It is. It's a lot to take in, and, it and it's a lot to to cut through, and it's a lot to process. It's a lot to digest, and I just hope that the information that we put out there to the Metalworking Nation is authentic and 
unbiased and helps everybody like me, like you, Nick, like Jason, and like, you know, all, all of us that have small businesses across this country. It's really important. And, you know, when President Preckwinkle said the word depression, I I jumped a little bit because that's a very, very powerful word. That's a very powerful word. And I, I sure as heck would not want to be in a depression. No. For me, my yeah, my biggest takeaway is kind of similar. There's so much information coming at us, and it's not always consistent. It's so not always consistent. Depending on what station you're on, you hear, hey, we're going to get through this soon. Like, NFL's going to get kicked off. I know. Do you, think Do you really is? think that's going to happen? I don't, but I, I know. don't know. You know, I know. That's, so that's my biggest takeaway is I don't know. And when I don't know all these external circumstances and how to handle them, all I think about is, okay, what can we control? And working from home, I'm thinking, okay, sales is completely different. How do I lead my sales team? And I'm just going to focus on maximizing the opportunity that we have right now and doing the best with what I can control. You know, I think that the biggest point that I could say is, is what can we control? I think is like sums it up. And I think everybody has to do their part and they have to do what they do best. So president Preckwinkle, she is doing her best to manage the County. Totally agree with you. Bringing all her resources that she needs to. There's some people that are 3d printing visors. My company is we're doing our best with the PPE supply chain that we have. You know, Jim, you're, Doing military and yeah, medical do, work. Yeah, yes. doing that kind of work. I Even mean, it's Hennig, just, like Noah's converted his operations and did a rapid prototyping for a, a face shield thing, and they're working on that. It's, oh, it's cool. Can, can we contribute? And, and there's, you know, there's nurses and firemen and police that are doing their best to control the situations right. that they're in. And I think that just as a community, I'm really proud to be in the manufacturing community. I think that, you know, they've definitely rise to this, to combat this crisis, mm-hmm. and it's been good. And, and I hope that it makes President Preckwinkle, I think she mentioned people that work at, like, say, like a fast food restaurant. We always say, like, a barista at Starbucks. I hope it makes them think, well, maybe I'm not essential, and maybe I want to be a part of an essential business um, business and be a part of something that can make a difference, whether that's becoming a nurse or whether that's becoming a manufacturing leader. Yep. Well, guys, you know what my dad always used to tell me? If you're not making chips, you're not making money. Bam. Bam! As always... Thank you for listening to the Making Chips podcast. You need to increase the speed and feed of your business. If you're not elevating your manufacturing leadership, you're going to get left behind. The metalworking nation is committed to a new way to stay ahead of the competition. We have more content to help you make and elevate at makingchips.com. Gain access to exclusive content, as well as videos, blogs, show notes, and more resources designed to equip and inspire you. We'll see you next time. Age before beauty, Jim. Yes. I'm sorry. Age sorry, sorry. Beauty. Go ahead. No, go Did ahead. he call on you? No, he was just looking at me. Oh, with okay. Twinkly yeah. eyes. Um, I just well, got excited.